Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. Music of America podcast continues. We're with Christopher in Christopher. Christopher, Illinois. Chris Parsons is our guest. We'll talk with him about him and his music. Hey, bass players, listen up. The Bag is a high-quality leather gig bag family of products that are made in the United States with the finest craftsmanship with a beautiful, sophisticated, and very cool overall appearance. They're made from some of the finest quality leather and cushion available and meant to last a lifetime, literally. They have over 30 years' experience in the leather industry. Extremely proud to introduce this line of gig bags targeted for the skilled professional as well as the fun-seeking novice. The hope is that you will love their bags as much as they do. The bag, the whole line of gig bags, called the bag, from Tony Vaughn Base Bags, www.tonyvaughn.com. And our guest is Chris Parsons, singer, songwriter, guitarist, uh, producer, I mean, what don't you do? I don't play the drums, so anything, oh, <laughs> anything okay. drums-wise, not me. And your drums on your songs, those are, are they canned, or is it a... Uh, I hire uh, just session musicians, uh, okay. one at a time, uh, just depending on who's available. And, and you're south, would you say southeast, southwest, southwest Illinois, right? I would say south central. South um, central, just, okay, yeah, so you're closer right to... the middle. You're closer to Kentucky than you are to St. Louis. Yeah, off uh, near I-57 and I-24 where they meet going out of, you know, Nashville and Tennessee. Okay, so you're, okay. Because I was thinking you're closer to Paducah, but you're actually... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's about an hour and a half away. Yeah, so that's, okay. Yeah. Cool town, cool, cool town. Oh, yeah. I love going to Paducah. I, I grew up in St. Louis. Okay. And I've only been there a couple of times, but I don't know that I've ever been to Christopher. I was actually born in in peoria okay yeah i mean it's in franklin county like i said it's it's south you yeah. know and have you done music your whole life or yeah i've played music um since i was a teenager as far as guitar and writing songs but i did bands and then i just kind of did nothing for a long time just kind of waiting for a project and then i kind of realized that that wasn't just going to happen that i had to do it myself so uh-huh. i just started putting out things on my own is there a talent base to draw from? And because I'm just I'm ignorant about Christopher, so is there a talent uh, base to draw from there or around there? There are people, um, but they don't know me, and I'm trying to know them. So that's why I, you know, I wanted to start putting out music myself. So they had expectations instead of just, you know, assuming that I'm just, a, you know, a guy that likes to play it as a hobby or something like right. that. Have you been in Christopher your whole life? No, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I went to oh, okay. college in Illinois. My wife's from around here, so I live here uh, just to be around my wife's family. Did you, did you go to Carbondale, SIU? No, I went to Greenville College uh, near St. Louis and studied music there for uh, for about three years. I got you. And what do you do when you're not playing music? Uh, I just, I'm a working man, family man. So, uh, you know, this is kind of a new venture for me. I'm starting out. Um just to do being a songwriter is trying to kind of how I'm trying to market it. You know, yeah, that's that's bold, man. It's tough. It's tough. I guess as you know. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, it's been so, a ride, but but it's been fun. So your style, how would you describe your style? It sounds pretty 
pretty basic rock and roll. Pop rock. That's what yeah. I tell people. You know, it, it it varies all amongst that, you know, label, pop rock. Uh, some will be heavier. Some will be, you know, um, just hard rock, really. And then others going to be uh, light. Yeah. yeah. You said you were in bands in high school. Did you say bands with an S or band without the S like you were? Well, I, w- I was in orchestra in high school, but no, I uh, I played in rock and roll bands uh, around this area and a little bit in Atlanta. And what did you play in band? Did you play guitar in band? My primary was bass. I, you know, I still claim myself born as a bass player, you know, but uh, just being on my own so long, I've really picked up the guitar and, and, and kind of got the chops there to where I feel proficient enough to, to support myself doing that. So what kind of music were you playing when you first got started, when you were in rock bands in high school? Uh, it was like Christian rock. You know, at the time, the, the Christian music scene was pretty big amongst the pop rock and, you know, just to fit whatever was popular at the time. Um, I started out there, but then I, you know, I got wrapped up in a, a little bit of the emo rock days. And I was yeah. in a band. Yeah, I was in a band. I played bass for Clock Tower Showdown here in Illinois. And we did some pretty cool stuff. We recorded in Florida with a producer named James Paul Wisner, who's done like Paramore and and uh, Dashboard Confessional. That's and, uh, some couple big names. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Where do you record now? Just at home? I record from home. I do all the tracking. I have a production. Um, he's my friend, but he's been doing production for me for. Uh, the last four releases, um, the first couple I hired out to people I didn't really know. Yeah. And luckily, that kind of brought attention to where I was able to to move up just by starting to do it. Doors opened up that I uh, could move on. The music I listen to, and I've had junk mail and slipped away for a while now, but I just got a cinnamon roll a couple of weeks ago, I think, or a week or two or so, so ago. And uh, they all sound, like you said, pop rock, nothing... Uh, dark or heavy mm-hmm. you know just a yeah. pleasant listening rock and roll kind of stuff i wonder who your influences were that got you to where you are now like who did you listen to growing up who do you listen to now and what are the parallels there i guess growing up i was really into chicago and ben folds five uh, really? those types of bands yeah i was a real big chicago fan um and so peter satara was a big influence to me you know and, and terry Cap. As far as songwriting and listening to it, I really just loved, and they had so many hits. I, I just love Chicago and uh, just a good songwriting. Like Ben Folds Five really just resonated with me, and I was like, you know, thirteen years old at the time. But um, after that, I started getting into more rock. Um, I really got into like Led Zeppelin, but I'm a big Stone Temple Pilots fan. I think that. Yeah that'll bleed through i think you'll hear a lot of stp just because i like that drive of rock and roll and um just kind of having levity and songs like you said i try not to keep it too dark um just because you know i'm trying to feel good i guess or make others <laughs> feel good i've really been getting into stp acoustic lately you know listening for some of the, you gotta dig for it sometimes but they uh one or two songs of theirs that I that I really liked, and I'm, now that I'm trying to think of it, since you brought yeah. them up, you know, uh, pl- uh, plush, plush is yeah. really good. Plush is a really good acoustic song, and it's not as hard to play as it sounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, Robert DeLeo and Dean DeLeo, the bass player and a guitar player of Stone Temple Pilots, they're probably the bigger influence than just STP itself, because I've really gotten into some of their side projects, and I, I just love their songwriting and chord choices. Uh-huh. I really put Stone Temple Pilots as, like, up there with Led Zeppelin as far yeah. as uh, being a good band. I got into other bands, too. I mean, I was really into Jars of Clay for a long time, uh, their acoustic you know, rock, they did a good job writing pop. So I the influences range from all over. It just depends on what season in life. You know, some of them really grab hold. I still listen to Ben Folds or, uh-huh. you know, and then Stone Temple Pilots I'll still listen to. But, uh, you know, um, it, they get less and less. It seems like uh, my, my listening gets narrower the older I get on what I actually will uh, tolerate, I guess. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> what you'll tolerate. Well... Uh, start a podcast because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> my my musical uh umbrella is wide open now and i'll listen to fusion rock or rap or hip-hop or country or uh emo music i mean yeah it, it comes my way i gotta listen to it and i don't judge you know i put anybody's music out there that that sends me music and wants to be on on the show because that's what music of America is. It's all of those things, mm-hmm. you know. So let's let's talk about your first song, and that's Cinnamon Roll. And when I first saw it, and this is because of my upbringing, I saw the word cinnamon. I immediately thought Cinnamon Girl said he's going to cover Neil Young. And then I immediately saw it Cinnamon Roll, but I still had Cinnamon Girl in my head. And it's got a similar feel to it it's not it doesn't sound the same but it's got a similar feel to it and that that you know it's it's not a driving rock but it's a real solid rock song mm-hmm. so yeah tell me tell me about cinnamon roll what that what's that about i started that song out i had a specific idea i wanted to write a song about um love and relationships i never really done that and i'm just being very like um censoring myself saying relationships it's about making love um and i had never wrote a song like that and i was like i you know everybody has one i was like maybe i'll try and so i had this r&b song which was the song you know a cinnamon roll but it was just very acoustic and r&b feel and just one day i heard it in my head just rocking out like one of the parts and i was like man that's what that song is it's a rock song that's so cool it's so cool to be able to revisit your own music reimagine it and then come up with a i guess a better product yeah, it's much better. Um, and, you know, with that, I kind of try to really go with a a retro we feel. I mean, everything just kind of, it's just rock. And I don't think rock really has a an age to it. I think it, it ages like whiskey, you know, it just gets better. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to write something that was familiar, but felt good. And just a good message of making love. You know, I love you, girl. Let's hang out. <laughs> that yeah. type idea. Pretty cool. We'll give it a listen here. This is Chris Parsons and his song, Cinnamon Roll. Well, I've been thinking of you, baby, it's true. You should know how I feel. I've been thinking of you, baby, it's true. You should know how I feel. Well, as you're walking inside, your hips, they go glide to the sound of my heart.
I've been dreaming of you, baby, it's true. You should know how I feel. Well, I've been dreaming of you, baby, it's true. You should know how I feel. Well, as you walk in inside, you hit the gold glide to the sound of my heart. The beats fastly, you're my cinnamon roll. Bring warmth to my soul, and tonight I'm gonna swim in your Cinnamon Roll with Chris Parsons from Christopher, Illinois, the Music of America podcast. The Jazz Discovery Program introduces New York City grade schoolers from all backgrounds, both public and private schools, from diverse neighborhoods in New York City to a live jazz performance, often for the very first time. The Jazz Standard Youth Orchestra is a performance-driven program that gives talented and dedicated young jazz musicians the opportunity to perform every Sunday often with great artists from around the New York jazz scene. Keyed Up is the newest program that's being offered by this group called Jazz Generation. Their most recent program that started about almost 10 years ago, it started by rescuing pianos, keyboards that were destined for the dumpster, and they position them into smaller venues like a donut shop or a coffee shop, bookstore. They ask the venue to chip in what they can to help support the artists that will be there to perform and then jazz generation kicks in the rest so it's a neat idea but it's called jazz generation out of new york city and if you've been to the city and you like jazz and you want to see you want to feel it get revitalized again please check them out jazz generation help promote jazz in the new york city area and uh i'm not going to say give till it hurts but give till it hurts chris do you do much jazz uh, no, I ha- I haven't had anybody to play jazz with since high school, so I haven't. Uh, I guess I did a couple senior recitals in college, you know, for people yeah. doing jazz pieces. But that, you know, after that, the rock and roll train started and kind of just took that. <laughs> yeah. Do you miss it? Or do you listen to jazz every once in a while just for fun? 
Uh, yeah, I'll listen to John Coltrane. You know, I got a few records of his. Um, uh, Chris, I think his name's Chris Biotti. He's a trumpet player. I think that's his name. I, I like some of his stuff. Um, Vince Guaraldi is huge. Uh, uh-huh. Vince Guaraldi fan. I like it. Not the peanut. I mean, I like the peanut stuff, but his other pieces outside of the the peanuts um, songs, I really yeah. enjoy his. I like his melodies. I think he's real good at coming up with just these nice sweeping uh fun sounding they're real wholesome you know uh-huh. chord progressions with Vince Peraldi. you ever set an uh cd on and something that you're not familiar with and just try and jam with it i haven't done that in a long time i mean i got the got my kids at home i got a bunch of kids now so these oh. <laughs> these days uh my my free time you know if i get some i'm usually going to try to record or i got art to do or something right something involved with the music so doing what you're doing now how long have you set set off on this endeavor of doing music uh as solo artist i started yeah. back in october i had my first release um and i was doing one song a month up until i wasn't gaining enough traction i felt to warrant to keep putting out songs that frequently uh-huh. you know i was just leaving things in the dust and moving on because i had to stay busy and and so i slowed down a bit and and now you know i have music i had a song come out in july a country song um that's not you know it won't be here but people can find it when they they check it out on on my site but uh what is your songwriting process? I love asking this question because I've talked to so many artists that have so many different ways of approaching songwriting. So what is your method? A lot of the times something will come to me, you know, that that inner voice, the the songwriter, be it a melody. A lot of the times I might just come up with a neat guitar part and then it just starts building from there. The melody will, will start to come into focus a, it's a lot like, uh, you know, when they make a stone sculpture, it starts out as a big block, but right. as you sit there and carve it out, it starts to look like a person. Uh, much in that sense, some, t- you know, it just depends on the song. Some of them I have to really try to write and, and keep perfecting it and change chords here and there to just till it feels right. Um, others, they just happen, you know. There's um, the song Junk Mail, that was one that just kind of happened. I, I wrote the guitar line, and then right from there, I just started playing it, and then it was just kind of mumbling out, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I got the idea of where this like rhythm's going. I know what the melody's going to sound like, and then you just start making what it's about. Um, so it's, I think there's a lot of divine intervention in songwriting. You know, I think, yeah. I think God puts a melody in my heart, but I, but. There's a lot of times, you know, I, I don't force it. I just kind of, I go a lot by feeling and and if I enjoy it or not, too. If I'm not having a good time listening to it or writing it, I usually just scrap it, you know, something like that. You brought up earlier, you brought up Christian Rock. You brought up Jars of Clay. I We used to cover the song Flood years mm-hmm. ago, and that's the only Jars of Clay song I can remember off the top of my head. But I was yesterday years old, as they say. I was yesterday years old when I heard the band Creed didn't like being thought of as a religious or Christian rock band. So that they set out to play rock and roll. They wanted to be a rock and roll band. And somehow they got labeled, I guess, arms wide open, maybe was construed as a a double meaning song. So if you listen to it as a Christian or from a Christian perspective, it's a very Christian song. 
And every single one of them in this interview I saw, they're like, no, man, that's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to go play rock and roll. We wanted to do the whole thing. We wanted to, And we got pigeonholed into this, and we didn't like it because there's a lot of burden on you then. That your lifestyle, everything you have to do as a performer, everything you do outside, off the stage, your performance itself has to be like faith-centered or oriented or something. Like, I never thought about that. And I never thought of Creed as a Christian rock band either. But uh, yeah, they came out at that era when you were listening to, to rock or Christian rock, I guess. So did you t- think of them as a Christian rock band or did you think of them just rock band? I always saw Creed as a rock band. I always, you know, Scott Stapp was pretty open about him being a Christian, you know, yeah. and he was writing the lyrics. So I was always under that assumption. Um, you know, and I I don't blame them for wanting to be, di- you know, distinguished from that because Christian artists are held to some kind of standard that's not even biblical. It's just some weird social thing that people believe they have to be somebody. That is, and, kind, of, that is kind of weird. You- you, you can't this, you can't that. There's so many can'ts that you can't do if you're Christian rock or yeah. just a Christian musician or Christian anything, I guess, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't think it's the way. And I've always said, too, like, if I was ever, I don't make Christian music because I would have to do it for free. That's kind of how I feel. Like, yeah, if it was, if I was doing it for real, for Jesus, then I would, it would be free and I wouldn't want to make money off of it, you know? Yeah. But I'm trying to make a career. So, you know. Right. So we'll table that for right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it for free, but at the moment I'm, I'm trying to build something. Um, right. And it's interesting too, because you, you brought up a country song that you wrote a country song and I've talked to some artists that will do just that. I don't have a country song I've written. I don't have a love song. I don't have a this. I don't have it. And you sit down to write that. When you do that, when you sit down to write a country song, do other songs come to you? Or do you stay focused on what you set out to do? Um, Usually they happen at separate times. I like, I'll have multiple country songs, but it's just, if I pursue the idea or not, the song I put out, um, I had it for a long time and it was actually my most like popular song amongst my friends and family. They, they just wanted to hear that song all the time. Yeah. I was real, I was really reluctant to do it because I'm not a country man, uh, but we put it out and it sounds like a truck commercial. It's actually a real solid song. It's called country, but, um, but it's available everywhere. Um, but I have others that have popped in my head. That, you know, I, I, it almost seems like more is to come. Like it's almost a, I'll have a three song EP or something, which is some country music. But, but you're able to stay focused if you sit to write a country song, a, a love song is not going to come out of that or a rock song doesn't come out of that. You, you stay focused on the style that you want to write. Yeah. If that's my goal of yeah. writing you know, like a country song, but honestly, if it, if it sounds cooler, you know, sounding like Holland Oates. Yeah. In the end, I'll go in that direction. And, and But, I mean, if somebody's wanting me to write a country song, that's obviously different, you know, talking about myself. Now, but, you brought you brought up the song Junk Mail. We're going to listen to that in a minute. Uh, there's there's a real catchy part to it. And I'm, I, I don't want to confuse it with other songs, but there's something I think, it's like a misdirection. I think you're going to go someplace with the song, and then you continue on the road that you're on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what is that process or what is that? Uh, is there a name for that type of or that style, whatever that is? 
I, I don't have a name for it. Okay. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm sure, you know, I didn't invent anything, uh, <laughs> retreading a tire, but, uh, no, with that song, it, it just kind of, you just hear it. It's just in you, you know, that's yeah. just kind of how I feel like these parts, um, some of them I, I have to, I have to work on and then I have to build it and it sounds cool after I do it, but some of it's just there and I'm like, or sometimes I'll just go to a chord. I'll go to the next chord. And, well, that sounds nice. Yeah. You know, and then the melody, you know, I'll follow that. Up. Usually it's all just listening and feeling uh, to really generalize it. But it's it's just a lot of uh, jamming and then making something out of out of what touched you when yeah. you heard it, you know. So what is what is junk mail? What's it about? Uh, well, it is a fictional story, but it's about a... Uh, receiving a letter from a, a girl that has broken up with you uh, after you know she broke up with you and just the idea of being over it and destroying the letter uh-huh. so like through the song i'm destroying the letters or i'm doing different things to these letters she's sending me uh you know best day of my life is when she said goodbye that type of idea uh-huh. um so it's it's a breakup song, but I, I you know I've been with my wife for seventeen years. There's, there's no no <laughs> so recent breakups. It's, it's not a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, well, let's give it a listen. Then our guest today is Chris Parsons from Christopher, Illinois, on the Music of America podcast, and this song is called Junkman. Love my place there.
junk mail as opposed to spam, I guess, right? It's Chris Parsons from Christopher, Illinois, and I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Since 2003, Laser Therapy South, just outside of Fort Lauderdale, has helped thousands of people quit smoking, reduce stress, and alleviate chronic and acute pain. Laser Therapy South has developed its own unique approach to tackle both the physiological and habitual components of addiction to help you achieve total success. Laser Therapy, it's an acupuncture-based treatment that originated in Europe and Canada about 25 years ago. Your success is measured immediately. Laser therapy is instantaneous. Your treatment date is also your quit date. I just find it so fascinating. You don't go through this two-week, four-week, six-week process. Your quit date is the day you walk in there to Laser Therapy South. The laser is a cold or therapeutic laser and doesn't produce heat. It doesn't cut or tear tissue. Most clients walk away report feeling more like they just received a massage. Laser Therapy South www.lasertherapysouth.com. Check them out if you have any questions. If you're seriously considering quit smoking, check them out. www.lasertherapysouth.com, where being a quitter is a good thing. So uh, we were talking off camera, off mic, whatever, um, that you, your other job you're able to do from home. So you're able to be there when the kids come home. The kids, uh, you see them off to school, you're able to be a house dad which is really really cool where do yeah. you work music into that if you're doing that you've got a big family and you're you know working um they leave during the day so any break <laughs> i get on work so i get my breaks i usually come in here and try to just uh start recording you know or, or write you know currently I'm, I'm writing so i'm in i've been going on break and then uh just this one I'm working on is a little harder. It's, um, so I'm writing new parts and just trying to make sure it sounds good before I move on to writing vocals and stuff. You write most of your music first, I think. That's what I'm gathering. You write your music, you build your song, and then you find words to go in, in there. Is that right? A lot of times. Once in a while, the melody will just pop in my head and I'll write around the melody. But... Um, but some, uh, usually it's just around the same time. I mean, once I start the chord progression and it feels like, oh, this is something, you know, oh, you just, I guess it's kind of like uh, mining, you know, mining for gold. Oh, uh -huh. wait, I, I see something there. Let's keep digging. Uh, it's usually kind of like that. And then, you know, once you play it enough, it, the melody of the singing will come into to play. And, and I've heard other artists talk to, you know, they'll sit there and just start miming words. Yeah. If you've ever heard like early versions of songs, but even the end product usually has the same type of syllables where they were miming, like miming the words and stuff like that. So it's, it's almost like they were hearing a fuzzy broadcast and then it like, you know, starts to come through and they're like, Oh, that's what it is. You know, uh -huh. it's that word, you know, it's not blah, blah, blah. It's I'm going <laughs> to fall, you know, something like that. <laughs> I've been in this Beatles kick for the last couple of months now, and I'm watching a bunch of reels now of Beatles interviews on songwriting. And it just fascinates me. Uh, well, for example, my, my two favorite Beatles stories I tell is uh, that Michelle, no, the song Yesterday, Yesterday, mm -hmm. could have been called Scrambled Eggs because he uh, McCartney had a melody, but he didn't have the words for it. And John says, well, Paul, it's easy. You don't have the words, you know. That's my worst John Lennon ever. He yeah. says, just just say something. He says, 
say scrambled eggs. Oh my gosh, you've got such pretty legs. So scrambled eggs. Oh my gosh, you've got such pretty legs or sexy legs, whatever he said. So that was the one thing. So when you're songwriting and you've got everything except for those words, just throw stuff down, man. Pick up the encyclopedia, read the front page of a newspaper or something and make that your lyrics. And then you work on your rhythmic pattern and you start changing the words to, to tell your story. I thought that's a really clever idea. Yeah, no, they, they were the masters of their craft. That's for sure. And then the other, the other one I learned was all, all my loving, you know, close your eyes and I'll kiss you tomorrow. That was the first song that they wrote where they wrote the lyrics first. Most of the time it was music first. So Chris, you're following the path of the, of the Beatles. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh you know i i'm a big beatles fan i mean i'm a fan of all i, I just call it good music if it's well crafted it doesn't matter what genre I'll, I'll like it um so they're definitely good at what they do i was talking to one person once they they were talking about the beatles and how they were the greatest band in the world uh the beatles and led zeppelin said the beatles was the best band ever and i said no you know led zeppelin was the greatest band ever and, he's, and I was like, the Beatles were better songwriters, though. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, well, I'll put it like this. If we brought the Beatles in this room and had them play us a couple songs, and then we had Led Zeppelin come into this room and have us have them play us a couple songs, like Led Zeppelin's going to rock our days. You know, we're going to be mind blown. Uh, the Beatles will sound nice. And I'm sure I'd be blown away, but you get what I'm saying. Like, just the powerhouse of Led Zeppelin yeah. would would make them a better band, not songwriters, but a band. So, I got you. Yeah. I, I look at the whole picture. Well, it depends on the conversation. But I look at the whole picture. But uh, the Beatles could perform and could write and were showmen. And they Zeppelin wouldn't be here if it weren't for the Beatles. You know? You are because right. Because all the groundbreaking things that they did to create space to allow bands like Led Zeppelin, like the Rolling Stones, you know, uh, I, I tell people this on this podcast a lot. They'll send me an email or something and say, well, we're just a cover band. It, do you accept people that, or we just do cover songs or whatever? And I'll say, well, you know who else used to just play cover music? The Rolling Stones. That's how they got started. Yeah. And when the Beatles were playing over in Liverpool, they were playing these little dives or whatever. They were playing all that R&B stuff that was being played in the States, you know? Well, with the with the internet now, you can find out all these hit songs you thought you know these artists wrote were all covers. I mean, all they did was cover yeah. songs yeah. back in the fifties and sixties and seventies. I mean, you know, there's versions of every like there's five versions of one song at the exact same time. You know, what do you what have you covered, and what do you like about covering music? If there's something to like about covering music as a songwriter. I cover songs that I personally enjoy. I don't really cover songs, you know, for, for popularity's sake. Uh, one I really enjoy playing is Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth by George Harrison. Yeah. I really enjoy playing that one. Um, you don't hear it covered very often. And I think it's just a great song in general. And uh, the fact I can play it, that helps too. That's mine. If I can play it, I like it. If I got to work on it... Yeah. Uh, the guys I jam with back in St. Louis, I'm, I'm building a studio at my house in St. Louis or outside of St. Louis, whatever. And we get together and if we have to play more than three chords, the song is too complicated for us. <laughs> <laughs> so the last song we're going to feature of yours today is a song called Slipped Away. Again, when I first saw it, I thought of Paul Simon's Slip Sliding Away. But this is not 
Paul Simon, and this is not slip sliding away. So what has slipped away about? Where did that come from in you? Where did that come from? Uh, slipped Away is one of my more recent songs. Like the other songs I've done, I've kind of had like a, a docket of songs I'm going to work on. I'm going to put out this one next. Uh, slipped Away just kind of happened where I started writing it. Um, I just kind of had a conversation with a friend and it was basically to the point where we just weren't compatible as friends anymore. And, and I kind of got dumped as a friend, you know, as an old friend for my whole life. So at that point, I just kind of decided I was going to take the the feelings I had and harness it and kind of put it somewhere so I can you know, get it out of me. Therapy. You know, yeah, sense, yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people that do that. They'll, they'll use songwriting or, or playing to get over an emotional moment. Uh, currently, that's what you did here and slipped away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a general song too. You know, it, it covers a lot of grounds. Like I've had my grandma die in the last, like uh, this half a year, this year she died. Mm -hmm. So that, it also fits kind of feelings of just loss, but it, but it's about friendship, but it can be about love. You know, it can be about you know, grandma. That right. I well, let's give it a listen. This is Chris Parsons and his song slipped away. I don't see you 
Slipped Away with Chris Parsons on the Music of America podcast. Chris, the last segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. This is where you talk about merch that you might have, where we can hear your music, how we can download your music, how we can follow you, etc. So tell us about Chris Parsons and how we can help support your cause. Well, my main webpage is chrisparsonstunes.com. And that's my handle on most everything, Facebook, um, YouTube, Instagram. On Twitter, I'm Chris P. Tunes, uh, which all these links are on my website. You can find my music everywhere, is what I like to say. You know, it's on all the streaming platforms. Uh, you can buy it on Apple Music. You can buy it or our iTunes. You can buy it on Bandcamp, I'm on SoundCloud. So give me a follow on Spotify, especially right now. I'm trying to get a following kind of going there because once you hit a point, you can start advertising. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, I haven't hit that point yet. So do so that's what I'll try it for, but that would help a lot if anybody's on Spotify. Give me a, uh, you'll see my picture. It's under Chris Parsons and it's verified and everything. Uh, I do have a song coming out in October. I don't have a date set down yet, but it will be in the month of October called Suitcase for Liars. And it's a cool song. I'm working on a music <laughs> video for my song Country Butt. So there's lots of, lots of good stuff coming up and you can find it all on my website. Is that Country Butt with one T or twos? Two T's. Okay. <laughs> so, like, because there's country, but, and then there's country, but. <laughs> no, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. It's, it, it's, I wrote it thinking it was funny, but it turned out to be real, real good song, you know. Looking forward enjoyable. to it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Chris, thank you so much. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, stay in touch and let us know about these songs. I, I had a couple just today, a couple of guests that we've had on that have, because of our conversations, have motivated them to push their videos. Uh, or one was a video, one was an audio. One lady recorded a song years ago, and she goes, I was so empowered by and by being on the show or whatever. She goes, I decided to release it. So she released a song on Spotify that she did two years ago. That oh, that's really great. Cool. So yeah. let us know so we can you know promote you that way as well, okay? Well, I appreciate it, Tom. I mean, thanks. It's Chris Parsons from Christopher, Illinois. Up next... We begin the week with singer, songwriter, designer, and actress Lakshmi Simone Ray. We're headed to Indiana. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.